Hey guys, how's it going? Scott here from scottsbasslessons.com and I'm back with a brand new interview. This week we've got the awesome Kevin Scott with us, who's a phenomenal bass player I've been geeking out over. Um, on, I've been stalking him online. But the cool thing about this interview, guys, is that it's kind of a different format for us. Obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you're just going to hear the interview. But if you are an Academy member, I urge you to go check out this interview um, on the website scottsbassessons.com because not only did we have Kevin Scott with us, we also had an entire band. He brought Fork down with him. So Fork, obviously Michael League from Snarky Puppy used to play with Fork. Kevin Scott is now the bass player for those guys. And he brought Fork down. So we've got some um, exclusive performances from Fork. We had a full video crew with us in New York. And we captured some exclusive interviews of the band. And then I sat down with Kevin. We talked all about his past. We talked, or, or we talk, we talk, because obviously you're about to listen to this podcast. We also talk about his gear and what it was like playing with Wayne Krantz and Jimmy Herring, the whole thing. Uh, now, obviously, you're going to hear the interview right now because you're listening to it on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you're on. But if you are an Academy member, I do uh, recommend that you go and check out this video on scottsbasslessons.com because it's kind of a, a completely new format from us where you listen to the where you hear the artists you hear about their background but you also hear the bands that they're playing with as well and we've really put a lot of work into making this as special as we can now if you aren't an academy at scottsbasslessons.com yet Go check it out. You can grab a 14-day free trial and just take the entire thing for a test drive. But I do urge you, as soon as you sign up for that 14-day free trial, as soon as you log in, go to a, go to the podcast pages and check out this interview from Kevin Scott because it's absolutely badass and the band just lifted the roof off the place. So without further ado, let's get into the interview this week with the awesome Kevin Scott. Hi guys, how's it going? I'm here with the awesome Kevin Scott, who has come down to hang out with us in New York City. I don't know why I said it like that. But you got to say go. it. Like you gotta, is that how you got to yeah, say, say it? Yeah, say it. It's on the rules. Yeah, yeah. New yeah. York City. City. And um, like, I've been geeking out over Kevin for. I've been stalking you. What? I'm a little stalker. I'm, I'm a little, sorry. Bit, a bit stalkery. And uh, <laughs> you've been playing with that like, Jimmy Herron. Mm-hmm. You've been playing with Wayne Krantz. Mm-hmm. What a gig, man. We'll talk about it in a minute. You're playing with Fork yep. today. They, mm-hmm. These guys have been cool enough to come in and play for us. And, uh, like, how did you get into this racket in the first place? Uh, like, my family has, like, a pretty long kind of generational thing of musicians. and uh, You had no choice. Well, I mean... Forced, you're going into the family business. Right. <laughs> well, you know, it's like I grew up around it, but when you're a kid, you don't think your parents are cool when you're 10. Oh, yes, I didn't. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was big into sports and... Uh, but I went to go see this movie, and I was like in, I guess, second grade called The Sandlot. You guys yeah. remember that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Booker T and the MGs had this song, that Green Onions was on it. Yeah. So I told my mom, I was like, what is that sound? She's like, well, a, I think it's a bass, so we'll get you a bass. And So I figured out some stuff. And then when I, I learned the Tighten Up by Archie Bell and the Drills, yeah, I yeah. quit because I was like, I've mastered the bass. <laughs> so I'm going to quit playing because I want to be in the NBA. And the uh, NBA didn't work out, so. So you went to base? Yeah, I went to base, yeah. And what did you do? Did you go to school or something? Like, obviously you went to school, like normal school. But did you go to music school or anything like that? Was that on the cards? No, I didn't. Uh, I, I started playing with uh, my dad from an early age, like in the bars around where I'm from, yeah. Dothan, Alabama. Yeah. And uh, 
I kind of got, you know, to the age I graduated high school, my parents were like, okay, you get a gig or you got to go to school because you do not want to stick around Dothan. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought I was going to go to Loyola for a while. So, because I had this like summer jazz camp there when I was younger. And I was like, this is, I want to be in New Orleans. Yeah. Because yeah, 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 it was yeah. cool. And so I went to this like community college for like a half semester. And then none of my grades would transfer or something. So I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this. And this band called me to uh, move to Atlanta. To, yeah. uh, Which is ba- where you're based yeah, now, right? Yeah, I'm based out of Atlanta. Is that where you went, how, why you ended up in Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And did you just start playing full-time for them guys? Uh, I did um, on kind of like the, you know, kind of like the frat slash bar circuit, essentially. Yeah, yeah, for, like, the um, real The real gigs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, like, you know, three, four hours a night. Yeah, and, vans and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, obviously, like, you're playing with some of the coolest musos in the business now. Like, how do you get from playing, obviously, like those little gigs to where you are now, coming to New York City, you play with Wayne Krantz and Fork, and like, were you into jazz back then? Was that improvisational thing even on the cards for you? Oh, yeah. It I mean, was, yeah. Oh, I mean, it was, I remember like, uh, of course, you know, I went from soul and then I got huge in the metal, you know, like the angst, like, I still love metal. What kind know? of metal? Death metal, thrash metal, black metal. The full I mean, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all, yeah, yeah. all you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but then when I heard, in particular, of course, like you know, you get in the Jocko. You first, and I heard first Jocko, and I was like fourteen. Yeah, and I was like, whoa, you know, because you know, my grandmother, my grandfather was a great jazz upright bass player, and she used to play me. And all were your like, parents' music? Yeah, as well. they were. Yeah, and my uncles yeah. were. <laughs> like, yeah. So and the opposite of me, <laughs> right? It was, it was, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Man, that must have been. Well, was it awesome? It was. It was. Yeah. It so was. You had somebody to go to and say, "What the heck do I play over this kind of chord?" Kind of, right. Like, and did that exist? It, yeah. it did. But my dad, you know, it's like it was funny because I was real into the, you know, fusion stuff when I was fourteen, metal and like yeah. bebop. I was just like faster the better. So I remember in particular, I was playing some gig with him, and I was real big into like Victor and a lot of slap stuff yeah, back yeah. then. And, uh, you know, I wasn't really, you know, since I was like 15, I was really more concentrated on just soloing and stuff. But yeah. I was playing. Like I was a, old. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was playing a blues gig. Yeah. And I remember him turning around and being like, you know, man, you got to start playing the parlor tricks and play bass on the gig, you know? Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, what does that mean? You know? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but uh, so yeah, my, my foundations were, you know, all like the. Fusion stuff, and, all the fusion and jazz. Stuff. And, and did, well, did you get into jazz and like the standard like walking baseline? Oh sure, I, I, thing, yeah. oh yeah. I, I remember, you know, um, I used to play upright a lot. And yeah, I haven't played in a while, <laughs> so I'm kind of scared to see how it's gonna sound when I pick it up. Again. <laughs> just don't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I probably won't. <laughs> but yeah, so I I study a lot of the. I, mean, I got in the harmony and uh, got up with some uh, great musicians in Atlanta. And, yeah. You know, got you know, told some things. Is that where you will sort of like do most of your learning, kind of just like basically like gigging with great musicians? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like who were you? Who were you sort of like geeking out on back then? I mean, really, like you know, back then since Dothan was a it's a small town, so and that's like pre-internet, so yeah, you yeah, have to go yeah. to the music store and find a CD, which they didn't have anything I wanted. Yeah. So you'd have to order it and wait around and kind of stick to that album for a while, but. Which is a good thing, I think. I think so yeah. too, because you were just like you kind of got into the album and like learned everything about it. Yeah. Oh man, like you listen to it a thousand times yeah, in yeah. a week because you're like, wow, you know, it's my one album I've got. But uh, but really, around I guess 
around like 2021, um, I started playing around Atlanta with like, um, in particular, this guy Anton Harris, this amazing sax player, and this guy David Springer, and uh, this other guitar player named Sid Wolf. Like, they're the first guys that kind of give me a crack at like playing yeah. stuff outside of like jam bands and stuff yeah, yeah, at the yeah. time. Because that's all I was getting called for, or like rock bar gigs. And, uh, you know, they taught me a lot about harmony and got me to like, you know, like Gary Thomas and all this. Oh, really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I was yeah, like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah. kind of opened my ears. And, and of course, you know, like, you know, the whole Bruce Hampton Association, the Colonel Bruce thing, you yeah. know, it's like, you know, I, like, you know, it was, I, I knew a lot about Bruce because in high school I got introduced to him in a very strange way because I, I used to buy records from a flea market. Yeah. And I was going through my, like, kind of Coltrane Albert Eiler phase, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, I was yeah, in the yeah. weird stuff. Yeah. And he was, and this guy was like, I have every record in the world. If you give me a list and I'll bring it. Yeah. So a week later, he brings most of us on the list. Oh, really? Most of it, <laughs> yeah. you know, charges me an arm, you know, all my salary at the time. Yeah, for, yeah. But he threw in this late Bronze Age record by Colonel Bruce Hampton, and I heard it and was like, "This is happening in Atlanta. This is crazy." Yeah. You know, that was from the eighties, but uh, and of course, Aquarium Rescue Unit. When I heard them, Ochil Burbage was here this morning. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't even know about it. Like, where's Nick? Nick. Nick was like. There's somebody cool coming down today. The coolest. So, like, in the morning, and I was like, who? And he was like, I'm not going to tell you. And then like 10 minutes, he was like, Otil Burbage is coming down. Yeah, so Otil Burbage came down. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so you were into like all them guys, yeah. Oh, man, totally. And uh, and like, because in the philosophy, especially with, with Bruce, you know, I, when he, when I first got on his radar, I was like maybe 23, 24. Yeah. And I was playing in two very kind of big original bands around Atlanta. And... Uh, I quit all of it to go in the van with Bruce. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he like he's like an ego stomper. Yeah. You know, like you either survive Bruce's <laughs> school or you just you oh, know, there's some casualties. <laughs> really? For real? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll he'll you know he was a master of like kind of uh, you know like making you really think about why you're doing this. Yeah, yeah. You know, like he would sort of like from a deep deep perspective. Yeah. 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 But then just you know. All this crazy stuff would just follow him around too, you know. Like yeah, all this yeah. weird stuff would always happen. Was that kind of like because obviously, the way I don't know, like the way you play with Krantz and stuff like that is, it's it's out of like it's not very traditional bass lines, is it? With like, how did you get into that kind of sort of? Well, like, when I heard when I first heard Wayne, it like totally flipped me out because he doesn't want like no, a, yeah, he wants something completely and, different. You know, I was about you know I've been running this jam session for like twelve years, you know. Yeah. I was real frustrated with the Atlanta scene at the time because no, it's like everybody just wanted to play tunes. I was like, well, what if we just write our own or play improv? And yeah, because I've like checked all the stuff out. You've got stuff on YouTube fr from them jam sessions, I think. Right. Like, I'm yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. you watched some of it. Some of it's kind no, of no way, <laughs> kind of crazy. But yeah, but some of it, like it's real sort of like it's it's like pure improvisation, isn't it? And it it like, turned yeah, into that. Yeah, yeah. But it was from a trip coming here. I was about 23, being this uh, amazing guitar player with Carter Arrington from Austin. We... We're like, you know, let's go to New York for a week and just go hang and yeah. see Wayne. Check and, out the gig. Yeah, yeah, and like when I saw... Oh, you went to like Greenwich Mean and all... Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. huge. All of those records. And uh, we came out and saw Wayne and then we saw this improv gig with Wayne and like Dan Wise and Lefebvre and David Benny. And I remember just going like, that's that's, that's what I want to do. Like, yeah. And if they're doing it, then I'm going to start doing it in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, that's basically what... But I, I was real obsessive like... 
for years, like trying to comprehend like what Wayne was doing. Yeah. Of the improv stuff and like, you know, so. Like, what's it like when you're playing with him? What, 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 because he doesn't really give you any, there's no, like, what, in terms of like structure and stuff like that, like, what are you, what are you given? What are you told? Or is it, it's in D? Let's do this. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like a lot of the tunes have a head in the B or C section, or some just have a head. Yeah. You know, um, but it's like, I, I look to, the, I look at the gig as kind of like a, kind of a, a kind of point counterpoint. So if I hear what he's doing, I'm going to try to go with it. Yeah. And the thing is, like, a lot of the times when we play one of the keys are changing on the blowing sections, like, it's because we're listening to each other. So I might kind of impose something and he'll catch on. And then when he does stuff, I'll try to catch on. And then he's going to follow you. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, it goes back and forth, you know, and uh, it's, 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 yeah, I was. What was it like getting that call? Oh, it was, I couldn't, be, I mean, <laughs> couldn't believe it, actually. You know, it was kind it was of. scary, yeah. Yeah, well, it was. It, it was, yeah, because <laughs> no, I just I'm just thinking about you like traveling to New York to see Wayne, and then you saw like Wayne and Lefave, and then I used to come up here all the time just to fly up to see him. You know? Yeah, and, uh, but yeah, that call was interesting, you know, because I remember I was sitting. I remember I was sitting like on my recliner or something, and you know, and, uh, you know, Tim Lefave is like like a mentor to me. Like I yeah. love Tim, and um, and he was kind of like, yeah, man, he's you're on his radar. He might call you. And I was like, just whatever. And then yeah. and I was like, whoa. Okay. Like where did, how, how did you get on his radar? Uh, was it through the Jimmy Herring thing? No, it was when, when Tim got the Derek and Susan gig. Yeah. Um, we met, I was playing with this gig. Like, basically, they're playing in uh, somewhere in Florida. I forgot where we were, but we played another stage. Yeah. And Kebby Williams, you know, who's a dear friend and amazing musician, just, you know, Kevin the sax player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's yeah just, it's crazy. Yeah. He's like, man, you gotta meet Tim. You gotta meet Tim. And uh, and we talked a little bit online, but I was never like trying to impose myself. Like, you know, I always believe like if you're gonna meet somebody, just just naturally just let it. Yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. And, just, and then just be yourself. Like, don't be scared to say you don't like something. Yeah, yeah. Because that's how good conversations absolutely come yeah, out. Yeah. You know, but uh, so yeah, we met and then we talked and then we played together. Uh, at it might have been Kevin's birthday a few years ago. Like, did the double bass thing. Yeah. And, it was cool, you know. And what, like, and basically, and that's where the Wayne thing came into it. Did he was just like, yeah, I, I, th I think my name was getting passed around, but Wayne was hesitant because I live out of New York. Yeah, you know. Um, but then he just said, "You want to come up Monday?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm coming out." You know? And you were there yeah, at fifty-five. There. No, we did a rehearsal. You know, so you kind. Of and did you give any, did he give you any kind of things to work on? In terms of like, oh, we might be playing these tunes, no. or is it just in at the deep end? Let's yeah, just go do it. Yeah, he brought the charts out, and uh, you know, and my sight reading is uh, not that great, but I knew the songs like so much. <laughs> so I was kind of like playing them, and he realized like, okay, I don't think he's reading this, but the blowing sessions are fine, so just work on. Yeah, them. yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, it'll be fine. And when did the fork? When did you start hooking up with the guys from Fork? I met Henry. Uh, he came to a Wayne gig, and. Um, that's another, I was like, okay, I love Fork. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that happened a few months ago, really. I, I, maybe six, seven months ago, maybe. And you guys are about to, are you going on tour? Yeah, we're going on tour. Just, I'm just getting this in because as Henry walked out, he shouted over Kevin, he was like, mention the tour. Yeah. <laughs> so we're mentioning the tour. So when are you going on tour? We're, star uh, we're starting at the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Ground Up Festival in Miami. Yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, uh, I think, the 14th. I'm, I'm bad about this. February. It's February. Yeah, oh, we're doing oh, a, We're doing a half. But well, we'll try and get this out before it goes out. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're doing basically all up to um, 
all the way to uh, Canada and back at the East Coast. Yeah. So it's yeah. a whole month, pretty much half the month of February. And is this the kit you use? And I have to talk about gear, otherwise I get told off by the uh, the SBLers. They're like, you didn't mention the gear. Is this the gear that you can be taking with you? Like, yeah, I have more pedals I use, but we're playing a gig tonight. So I are these use... the go-tos? Yeah, pretty much. This one's called Poop 3. That's, that's just an OC2. <laughs> yeah, it's a poop pedal. A poop pedal. So what do you have the settings on? Uh, it changes, you know, like, the, of course, that's like the, the you know... That's, like, that's yeah. that thing. The thing, and yeah, then I, yeah. And then what I do is if I'm playing, I used to just run it all the way up. I don't use that octave at all. Um, but I run it halfway now. Yeah. Because it's a little less, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, than it just being blatty. And, and then what's, what's this one here? That's the frequency analyzer, which is like... Is it like a ring mod or something? Yeah, it's a ring yeah, mod. Yeah. But it's, it's cool because it has a <laughs> sub thing. So... Oh, but it's Ooh. got that massive low yeah. end. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, on yeah. a sub, like through a PA system, it's pretty massive. It's huge, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And when, when did the uh, hookup with Mulan come? It's about two years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you have, do you have a, like, P and a jazz? I have or is a, it just the P? J, a P, and the new uh, like Tele style what, 50s. When did the P's happen for you? It, you know, Were funny. you a, a late P bass I was, dude? I was like, about, <laughs> well, I was... I'm, I mean, a late, I'm a late bloomer. I was, uh, I played a Warwick for a, I mean, that was, I saved up money and got a Warwick in high school. Yeah. And, uh... Four string, four string. Four string, string yeah, Pro-Am. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, uh, a buddy of mine gave me a six string. He let me borrow his modulus six string for years. Yeah, yeah. But these drummers around town were like, because I had, I had a, say, in Dothan one time, this guy that was a bass player came to my gig and had a 73 P bass. Yeah. And was like, I, I have to sell my stuff. I don't know what was going on with him, but how much are you making yeah. tonight? And I was like, well, this gig pays like 300 bucks. He's like, I was 16. He's like, you know, just take it for 300. <laughs> but I didn't, but the thing is, I wasn't like into it until I was about 23, 24. Well, these yeah. drummers, all these great drummers around town, uh, like my buddy Dwayne Trucks and Mark Rodabaugh and Chris Hunt, they were like, my favorite drummers were pretty much like, why is this P bass sitting there? You know, really yeah, yeah. yeah like why is it under your bed you should be playing that yeah. and uh i was like i can't really shred on it but I'll, you know i'll give it a, a chance yeah, yeah yeah but then i got real big in like the whole dance like like kind of like um jungle and um all that kind of vibe like groove caribbean stuff and that's when you started using the p bass yeah and then bruce of course with bruce like he got me like right back and like really get back in the blues like, yeah listening to willie dixon and Oh, it was a great it like made sense, yeah. It's what yeah. you were hearing at the time, yeah. Right. I think I always heard it, but I was like kind of You've got to go through the shred thing. Yeah. It's like a rite of passage. You've you got have to have a six string. You've got to shred. Right. Yeah, dude, totally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's part of the course, isn't it? And you've got flats on this, haven't yep. you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, flats on this. And in terms of amps, what do you usually use? I have a, a Ampeg SVT 810 uh, VREs with Jimmy and that so, John. Something compact, yeah. And then for the, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> Basically, just paying hundred bucks to keep it somewhere right now yeah, a month because yeah. I can't even put yeah, it in my yeah, house. Yeah. But, uh, and my ring around town is a four ten Portaflex and just like a oh right, bag, yeah, yeah, five hundred yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So when good. obviously, like when you're in New York, people can check sort of like you know the listings out in New York to check you out. When you're back home, where can people go to find you? Every Tuesday at Elliott Street Pub, the jam session I runs there, and uh, that's really about it. I don't really work as much as I do in Atlanta anymore. Yeah. But every Tuesday, if I'm in. Yeah, if I'm on the road, I'm there. You'd be down there playing, yeah. From yeah. 10 to 2. And, man, yeah. it's been amazing man, to meet you, Kevin. It's a pleasure Absolute to meet honor, you, man. Guys, yeah. Kevin Scott.
Hey guys, so I just want to say thank you for listening to this week's podcast. As I said earlier, if you are a member of Scott's Bass Lessons, go check out the whole video. It's over on the website, just log in and go and get started. We had Kevin Scott obviously in, but he brought his band in. You can see him playing with Fork, the band that he plays with now. He's got the Moulin P bass, you'll see all his effects. Like the full shebang, it's really, really cool. And this is kind of how we're rolling from now on. We're going to have more bands in, we're going to be doing more interviews with the bass players from them bands but obviously to get the full impact and really soak up all this amazing content that we're producing you've got to be a full academy member over at scottsbassessons.com because that's the only way that you can see these great interview videos that we're putting together and they really are amazing quality so i really think you should go and check it out just if you remember obviously log in check it out now but if you're not go grab your 14 day free trial and hook yourself up because you will not regret it in fact in a couple of weeks time we're going to release another interview with the amazing Oteil Burbridge. He came down the studio in New York. We got him, yeah, he's got his six-string bass. He's showing us all this crazy chordal stuff. I want you guys to see this. So go join up scottsbassessons.com today and get yourself sorted out. Anyway, without further ado, Gav's going to sing you a song. Hit me, Gav. Goodbye, goodbye, wife to baby from your eye. There you go. Always make your videographers sing. <laughs> See you in a bit, guys. Bye. Bye.